Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, not great. Uh oh. Uh, That's not good. What's yeah. what's going on? Coming to you from my local lockdown. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's all kicking off again, isn't it? Yeah, who'd have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thought yeah. if you'd tell everyone to go out and socialise and go to the pub and to restaurants, um, that, that that would cause a rise in coronavirus cases. Who'd have thought? What a strange what a strange cause and effect. Certainly could never have seen that coming at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we are now not allowed to mix with other households, but we can yeah. still go to pubs in groups of six from different households. Yep. So I could get on a train and go to Weatherspoons, and then five of my friends could also get on a train and go to Weatherspoons and be there for several hours. But my mum can't be in my garden. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you could you could have you could have a hundred groups of six and whoever spoons, but <laughs> yeah, you can't, can't have your mom. Well, yeah, I can't have one person like literally five meters away from me in my garden. That's not allowed. Yeah. So yep. that's cool. It's uh, I mean, like at least they're they're consistent in their inconsistencies. Oh yeah, we. I mean, they want to protect business and they want to protect the economy and clearly don't care how many people die and want to pass the blame about why it's all going badly so I, don't know, I understand it it's just incredibly frustrating um, yeah definitely it's it's going to happen here as well very soon there's been seven councils in the northeast that have requested permission from the government to go into lockdown so I reckon by the end of the week I'll be in local lockdown too yeah but I mean they've just, they've just bungled it completely um, and we're now paying the price by not being able to do things safely um, but I mean you know, technically we can still host FNM if we wanted to, despite the fact that we can't socialise, but we can socialise outside of the house because you know, if you if you're playing FNM, you're playing VAT. The coronavirus can't get you at work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like it's just so transparent in the reasons that it's yeah. uh, the reasons they're doing stuff. But uh, yeah, so I can't meet people unless it's in a you know a place where there are dozens of other people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you can't well. meet anybody unless it's somebody's place of work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> unless someone is working, I cannot meet them. It's, uh, it's completely absurd. Uh, but you know, that's 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 the world we're living in. So uh, yep, yeah, yep. Having a good time. Yeah, having a great time. Just not going to leave the house, I guess. Apart from to go to work. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I mean, it works for me. Yeah, you you, you seem Somehow. to be thriving. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really don't understand it all. But yeah. you know. It's, this is this is the foreseeable future, and I'm very very aware that I'm in a you know a bit of a privileged position, but I I definitely enjoy this and, and could do this for forever probably. Sweet, <laughs> must be a nice place to be in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, how has your week with magic been then? Have you managed to, to interact with magic at all? I, I assume other more important things have been going on. But uh, it's, it's yeah. always good to take a break where possible. Uh, no, not really. I mean, my, my free time has just been sort of occupied by Warhammer still. Uh, cool. Managed to play some games on Saturday. That was nice. How did that go? Yeah, good. Because, um, you know, the tables are long enough and everyone's wearing masks and 
got hand sanitizer and stuff. That was really good fun. Played a lot of games. Um, yeah, it's just it's just very enjoyable. Just a few hours playing with little plastic, little plastic armies. Um, Sweet. But yeah, I've not really done magic. Uh, I've not really done much apart from we went to IKEA yesterday, and that was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I would not recommend going to IKEA in the middle of a pandemic. Did manage to get some vegan meatballs though, so there's that. Sweet, and, they're, cool. and they're really that's good. Cool. So that's an upside, right? Yeah, but I think we vowed not to go to IKEA for another like twelve months. <laughs> because we wanted to, we wanted to buy some stuff, and then they were charging thirty pounds for delivery. Yeah, yeah, for, for yeah. like it's excessive, yeah. excessive cost for delivery for like sixty pounds worth of stuff. So that's not worth it. And I'm like, oh, maybe we can collect it from like a an IKEA collection point because there's one in the centre of Birmingham. Uh, and the closest place is closest place we could collect it from was Bristol. So I wasn't about to travel 150 miles to go pick up some furniture. <laughs> Yeah, sensible. <laughs> so yeah, we, we did that. Uh, and that's the most interesting thing that's happened to me this week, I think. Cool. How has your week been? Uh, yeah, my week's been good. I think. I'm trying to think what's happened since, since we last spoke. Oh yeah, I, I had a birthday and that just threw everything off. <laughs> and oh, I don't yeah. really know what day it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I forgot you're still old. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Congratulations um, on ageing. Thank you. You've it's, made it another uh, year somehow. Yeah, good exactly. job. <laughs> Somehow, who knows? Yeah. Who knows how? Um, yeah, so I had like five days off work in a row, um, and didn't really do a lot at all, to be honest. Just laid around the house, played some video games, watched some wrestling. Yeah, had a lot of fun. That's the crap way to spend your time. Yeah, oh, it was great. It's great. Sweet. I got some pa- painting done as well for um, my Age of Sigmar Nurgle army. So, yeah, it was fun. Time well spent, I think. God, we're such nerds. <laughs> well, I had some time off, so I uh, played some video games and painted some plastic, and it was great. <laughs> so good. Well, I wasn't going to leave the house, was I? Well, no, I suppose not. I suppose if, you, if you're willing to stay in your house for seven months in a row, then you know, yeah. the, fact that it, the fact that it's your birthday doesn't really <laughs> negate that. Yeah, no, no. No, uh, I did a, did a, a Zoom call with my, my parents, so that was, that was all right. Good. See them. Yeah, yep. it's it's been a very very strange one, I guess, as far as birthday goes. But who knows? Maybe maybe next year, big one coming up next year. So maybe next year I can I can I don't know do something. I have <laughs> socialize. The, I had the good sense to have my birthday before lockdown. So and considering I don't really care about my birthday, that literally I mean, just involved going to a restaurant. So <laughs> technically, mine's after after lockdown. But you know. Oh, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, uh, I, when when people are just dying constantly, you know, yeah, not a great time to have a birthday. Yeah, totally, totally, fully agree, fully agree. But as far as as far as magic goes, I haven't really played a lot, so I've been uh, playing a couple of, of ladder games or historic sort of here and there, and it's it's fine. Uh, I'm just, I've lost a bit of interest, I think, and I'm just really, really waiting for a rotation to happen. Uh, other than that, I had the Zendikar Ryzen qualifier weekend. Was this weekend? Yep. So that was the one uh, where you had to hit Mythic uh, twelve hundred or higher to qualify for, uh, and then that was it was a really brutal event structure. So you had to go seven X, so I think it was seven two or better on day one uh, to qualify for day two, and then in day two you had to go seven uh, two or better to qualify for the. I guess the the top eight or whatever that was the playoffs for the next day, and then I think it was the top sixteen of that make the the Zendikar Ryzen Championship or something. Jesus, that is brutal. 
Yeah. So I did horrendously, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I did really badly. Cool. So well I, done. <laughs> I planned for most of the week to play a Kethis combo and then uh, played some games on Saturday morning before the event started and it was just getting smashed in best of three uh, with Kethis. So I switched to, to Blue White Auras. So I've been playing that a bit in, in the ladder as well and having quite a lot of success with that. And I think the deck's really good. So I figured I'll, I'll play that for a bit and I won a fair few matches um, in best of three with that. So I figured, yeah, let, let's, just, let's just play this. This seems like a much safer choice than Kethis. It's got what I think is is very good game against goblins. It's It's got plenty of creatures with a decent toughness to block early on and then you just suit up a, a anything, suit up like an Alsaid or a Core Spirit Dancer and you just make it huge, give it life link, you gain loads of life. So I figured it's going to be quite good against goblins and goblins are going to be a massive portion of the field probably. Uh, and then I, I went, what did it, I think I went like 3-3 in the end and I played against Jun sacrifice four times and I just cannot beat that deck in the slightest. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that's such you behaviour. Yeah. Just to have, you know, know a deck inside out and play it relentlessly and then pretty much the last minute just audible into something else. <laughs> Audible into something else because you 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 assume it's going to be good against the vast majority of the meta share and then nope he has he has four decks that you can't beat sweet <laughs> yeah um I think in hindsight I think I probably would have just played the uh, the Jun sacrifice deck on a Saturday morning to get a bit of a feel for it and then just probably just run it in the event the deck's ridiculous it seems like the best deck in historic by by a mile to be honest. Yeah. Well, now you know. Yep. Yeah. Now I know. So, <laughs> you won't be doing there that. There we go. No, probably not. It wasn't worth. Wasn't worth my time. So for the three wins, I got four hundred gems. Wow. Yeah. Was that like three pounds worth of value? If that. Sick. If that, like, yeah, four hundred gems. It's not enough for a draft. It's not, is it? No. Well, you know, at least like, you've got the experience. You, you put in. Put in the in the hours and hours grinding and grinding and grinding away and then, yeah, not even enough for a draft. This is why I don't play arena. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely not worth it. But sure, yeah. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to Zendikar Rising coming out. I think that's gonna gonna shake the cobwebs off of standard definitely, and I, I think it could be interesting for historic too. Hopefully, if we get some get some bands and potentially unbans as well. So I think this week we're gonna play the. The Rex. Is it a game? It's not quite a game, is it? I mean, it's as fun as a game, right? It is as fun. Well, yeah. It's as fun <laughs> as some games. <laughs> At least pretend this it's podcast the- is fun, Joe. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. It's great fun, and everybody's going to love it. It is the return, once again, of Hit or Myth. And this week we're doing it for Zendikar Ryzen. Man, I'm so excited that we uh, accidentally stole this game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're not going to do this anymore. They've stopped doing. It. They haven't done it for for years at this point. We can just take this and you know, kind of pay homage to. Oh no, they've started doing it again. Great. So here's a worse version of Channel Fireball's version. Hell yeah. <laughs> as is our Wait. as is our brand. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So we're just going to jump right into it. So we're going to be talking about all of the mythics in the set. Uh, we're going to be doing it in alphabetical order. If you want to play along at home and look at the cards. You can do that too. So we're going to start at Agadim's Awakening. It's X, black, black, black for a sorcery. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost, X or less. And then it's a land on the other side. 
It is, oh yeah, on the other side, it is... Boltland. Agadim the Undercrypt. Uh, it enters the battlefield, you may pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield tapped. Boltland. Boltland, yeah. Is that well, what we're calling them? I mean, if shocklands are shocklands because they shock you, these are boltlands because they bolt you, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this is a hit. I'm, I'm into this I, card. It, yeah. it, it, it mass reanimates graveyards, and that tends to be a mythic card. We've seen, you know, Rise of the Dark Realm. Um, what is it? The one from War of the Spark. With Liliana on it. Uh, Commander Dreadhorde. No. No, that's a rare, I suppose. No, the one that's... No, um, the finality one. Oh, finale of... Yeah. Yeah, right? That's the right one. Finale of whatever the black one is. That's that's yeah. perfect. I, I finale of Liliana. Yeah. But then again, like it, it kind of reminds me of Gruesome Menagerie, which is rare. I don't know. It's like mass, mass reanimating, and I guess this does some weird combo things, but it's also a land on the other side, so I guess that adds some, some mythicness to it, and I guess that's the point of these ones, because all the... There's a cycle of mythic ones that are like these bolt lands on the back, right? And that's kind of what yeah. makes them mythic because they're a land and also a really powerful spell. So I, th- I think I think this hits for me. Yeah, I I think this is a this is a myth. I don't think this is mythic at all. Are we ever um, going to agree? <laughs> <laughs> it just I think it it is it's it's quite a good effect, but I, and I, th- I think it is a good card that's probably going to see a decent amount of play. So I think it it's quite powerful. It just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it has that that mythic shine to it. That you know that 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 something with a little bit of flavor. That that I, I don't know. I feel like mythic should have like an excitement factor, some sort of spark to them. And this this just does not spark joy for me. How is this not exciting? You just get to pay think, mana and just bring most of your graveyard back. Yeah, it's powerful. Don't get me wrong. It's powerful. I just. It just looks a bit underwhelming. We definitely needed to to put the start of this episode that your your definition of a mythic is completely wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The things you give mythic status to, based on what, is just so strange to me. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> different from what I feel a mythic is. But okay, sure, sure. Okay, we disagreed on that one. But should we just? Yeah, I, I just I don't see I don't see why this couldn't be a rare. And then I think the other side. I think the the thing that that really makes them at a myth on on the reverse side for me is is uh, they just don't feel very good as lands like the end of the battlefield tapped or you can pay three life three life is a lot of life yeah well they're, they're fine like you just you put them you put them in a spell slot um it's just like, like it's a thing you cast on like turn 15 in a commander game right that's the point of these so they do some big splashy yeah. thing with loads of mana and if you draw them in your opening hand you can just play them untapped yeah, I guess I guess three life isn't a lot for commander as well. Well, that's the thing we we talked. I don't know. I think we talked last week about how th- this set feels very geared towards commander in terms of the the, the playstyle of the cards and how splashy yeah. they all are, and that fits in perfectly because like I'm definitely bolting this in on turn one, right? Just yeah, and then and then when I draw it on turn ten, I can cast it for x equals seven, and it's it's good. Yeah, I guess so that's that's how that, that's how these cards function. They're big stupid cards that you like. You you play it as a land probably. Like nine out of ten times, yeah. And there's that one time you have this big splashy effect, and I think I think that makes it feel kind of mythicy. Um, maybe maybe it's maybe it's Death Shadow playable as well. Well, because it bolts you. Yeah, because it bolts you, and so you put this into play, pay three life, and then Thoughtseize lose five life on turn one. Seems quite good in Death Shadow, right? It seems okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's yeah. a, a, like better than. 
fetch shocking and be able to fix your colours, but that's only consideration. Probably not, but yeah, if you could cut a basic land for one, or two basic lands for two, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess it... Um, I mean, you're really, really soft to blood being then. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, you know, as well, you can... If you're playing, like, the four-colour version or, or the Jund version, you can pay five mana and return a Tarmogoyf and a Death Shadow from your graveyard. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know, maybe. there's... Uh, sure, it's pro- probably not. It's just because it deals yeah, with damage. It probably doesn't make it good enough, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I just... For me, it feels like the, like the land sides of these cards should be even more exciting because they're mythic. Like, they're mythic lands... How often do we see mythic lands? And when we do see them, they are—they're usually quite exciting. They're not—they're this... not mythic lands though. They're mythic double-faced cards, and one side happens to be a land. I think if yeah. these were like mythic jewel lands, then they'd be a lot more exciting. Or even just yeah, mythic lands that tap for one color, but just just do something a bit more interesting. So like if this could tap for black, but you could also pay a cost and tap it to reanimate something as well, or, or some some sort of like. Like drain effect, then, then maybe I think that would make it a lot more exciting for me. But yeah, even if that cost was if, like if prohibitive. Yeah, if it's if it's meant to be Agadim the Undercrypt, you know, this 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 named place, this this I guess should be legendary land, but once again it isn't. It's the the Valakut effects back. Um, well, Crypt of Agadim isn't legendary. Is it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That should also probably be legendary. The Crypt of Agadim, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. It, it, I feel like it should just be a little bit more exciting than it just taps for black. Yeah, no, or I know. It's the battlefield tapped. I like I can't imagine like a mythic land and it just enters the battlefield tapped. Yeah, unless you bought yourself. It's it's yeah, like it's fine. I, I think yeah. I think this is mythic. It's not again. It's not. I don't think, I don't think they count as mythic lands. I think they're just mythic cards that happen to be lands occasionally. Sure. You know. Right. Let's yeah, let's, yeah. let's move on to one that I imagine we probably agree on. Right. Cool. Please, please agree. <laughs> Well, next up, let's find out. Next up is Ancient Green Warden. It's four green green for a creature. It's an elemental. It's a five seven. It has reach, and you may play lands from your graveyard. If a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. It's got to be a hit, right? Please. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, easy. It's like it just does like five out of seven. It's a perfect card. <laughs> it just it does too many different things to not be mythic. Uh, it's a stupid card designed for landfall EDH decks, and you can play this once in your Lord Green Grace deck, and everyone's going to hate you. That's what these yeah, cards yeah. are for. That's, what's, that's how they design commander cards now, and I've moaned about that a lot. But this is just a staple in every, you know, Azusa deck or a Kulifmal Dyer deck. This is just a card you also play now. Uh, it's just land harmonicon. It's incredibly stupid, um, and it has to be mythic. Yeah, it just it does mythic things. Yeah, I I fully agree. Um, I think. Yeah, Land Harmonicon is is such a such a cool effect for a Zendikar card, and the fact it's it's the ancient Green Warden. So in the past we've seen like Green Warden of Marasa. Like this is this is a, an older, more powerful version of that. That's arisen from the the wherever the the core Skyclaves are arising from. And yeah, I think I think this is a, a hit on all fronts for me. I think it's a, a very good card. I think this could have been a mythic if it just had the Land Harmonicon ability, but it also yeah. just is a Crucible World and has Reach. And is a five seven. <laughs> yeah. Ah, green cards. Okay, that one's easy. Yeah. That one's easy. Yeah, easy, very easy. Cool. I, I suspect the next one's easy too. So next Probably. up we've got Angel of Destiny, three white white for a creature. It's an angel cleric. It's flying and double strike. And whenever a creature you control dies, uh, when sorry, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. And at the beginning of your end step, if you have at least fifteen life more than your starting life total. 
Each player Angel of Destiny attacked this turn loses the game. Yeah, that's an easy hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has yeah. far too many words in it to be a rare. <laughs> it does too many things. It it says win the game. Well, it doesn't say win the game. It says uh, each player Angel of Destiny attacked this turn loses the game, which essentially just says win the game. Uh, if you're playing a one v one format, uh, I I I think this is good. I think this is going to see some standard play. And yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's a decent beater. Five mana for a, a two six flyer double strike. It's going to block things all day long, and it deals a decent amount of damage as well. It's a terrible it's fantastic. It's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't it's deal damage. It's got double strike. It doesn't, well, it doesn't deal damage. Double strike, but then it gains your life, and then yeah, it gains your opponent life. They as lose well. the game, but your opponent also gains life. Yeah, but if you've got 15 life more than your starting life total... Yeah, yeah, but I'm just game. saying, it's, it's not a good beta because it deals zero, it's, it deals sure. zero damage. Because <laughs> you attack someone, it sure. deals two, okay. two in, and in, then in two. That, in, that sense, in that sense, sure, it's not a good beta, but it, it, yeah. literally, it literally has a clause in it where you win, where you win the game. So It's a horrible beta. <laughs> <laughs> but Disagree. Yeah, yeah, it's, not, it's bad. It's a 5-mana 0-6. It's a 5-mana 0-6 unless you're literally winning the game. A, and you're going to win the game. Yeah, it's a really good blocker and a terrible attacker. And then you also have to jump it's through a bunch more attacker. hoops to get you to win the game. <laughs> I I think it's fine. This, and it, it's barely going to be a bunch of hoops as well. I think like this alone is going to get you four life. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, there, yeah, we, we've seen loads of stupid standard decks that can gain you know two hundred life. So yeah, yeah, definitely. This probably just fits in there, so you can win the game and actually weaponize life gain. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to play against this a lot in Commander and just kind of laugh it off because it's not that good. No, oh, it's a terrible in Commander, yeah. But if you're playing playing Standard and possibly even Historic, I think this is going to be a, a decent decent card. Sure, okay. That's that's fine. I, yeah, I think it's a hit regardless. I don't think it's very good, but yeah, yeah, it just does so many things and has a weird win the game clause that, yeah, I think it yeah, has to Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. It's a, it's a cool Zendikar Angel. I think it's great. Love it. Sure. Cool. Next up, we have Ashaya. Soul of the Wild. It's three green green for legendary creature elemental. And Ashaya, Soul of the Wild's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. One one. I think it's Smith. It's, I, uh, it, it's interesting at least. Uh, I. Is it? Hmm. I, I think so. I think it's a very I think it's a very interesting card. It's a it's a star star. It's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. That's cool. Yeah, but we have I that think, we, we've had that I think so many this, times before. I think this might be a hit. I just I think its other ability just isn't that good. And it doesn't have any evasion. I think if it had trample it'd probably be a myth uh, a hit, but I think without that it's just a big dude that might get your lands killed. Yeah, I think I think for me it's 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 hitting the it's hitting the hit mark in terms of like flavor like a shire is is you know this legendary elemental friend on zendikar uh, you know a shire draws power from zendikar itself and the fact that it, it turns your creatures into into forest as well just shows the the, the true power of, of zendikar incarnate and, and that that's kind of what a shire is and i think this kind of encapsulates that quite nicely yeah i guess it's like if you just staple a cryptolith right onto a multani Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I. It just. It, it's. It's kind of too uninteresting to be a mythic for me. I think this could have been rare. It would have been fine. 
it's just a it's just a big thing that doesn't <clears throat> have trample or anything. And I think the uh, I think the the issue is is I I view cards from like standard playable perspectives and you're thinking about commander and this definitely is 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 not an interesting commander card I'll give you that. Hey, I play other formats. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, yeah, this this is not going to see legacy play. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I just for for me this this definitely sparks that 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 mythic feeling that it encapsulates the Shire really nicely. I think it's considerably better than when we've seen a Shire in the past when it's just been a token. Uh, and I'm I'm very very happy that War of the Spark Nissos were taken because this would have been so annoying if that. Yeah, that would have been obnoxious. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of the mythic feeling for me is just tied to the fact that the non-token creature you control a forest is is a new sort of thing we haven't really seen before on a creature, yeah. like on a permanent. Um, it's normally like on effects that turn things into you know whatever, like or turns lands into creatures. We've not seen this sort of iteration of it before. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to concede that it's 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 a hit, but it's not that interesting to me. Cool, fair enough, fair enough. We'll. We'll agree to disagree on on this one. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, next up is Drana, the Last Blood Chief. It's three black black for a legendary creature, Vampire Cleric. As flying, and whenever Drana, the Last Blood Chief, attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. That creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. And Drana is a four four. Yes, a hit. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It, it, it does I it does repeatable reanimate things, and you just make sure that the things you're reanimating aren't terrible. I think this card's awful. Just because it's awful doesn't mean it doesn't feel like a mythic. It does reanimating <laughs> things. Stop doing this! I said this. I said a Shire was bad, and you were like, no, it's still a mythic. You can't say this isn't a mythic because it's bad. Don't sure, move sure. the goalposts like this, I Loudon. Guess, I guess... I guess... I guess it does... It does kind of hit on the flavour a bit. Like, it it's reanimating things and turning them into vampires uh, which I guess is is you know that's, that's Drana's thing we've seen we've seen Drana do st- do stuff like that in the past but uh, I don't know this, this this card just doesn't feel very good I don't think you can have repeated reanimation on a card that isn't mythic yeah unless, oh, yeah. unless it's like I mean I guess this is conditional but unless it's like uh, excited thinking in the next end step, but I mean, you can just make sure that this is good, like so you're not reanimating like really really bad cards. Like sure, if I'm if I'm like you know putting like one ones in my graveyard and I guess put them as two twos, that's still pretty good to be fair. Especially if they have yeah. effects, and the reason I put them in the graveyard is because you can sacrifice them. But like <clears throat> this, some, sometimes you're just going to be able to reanimate massive stuff with this because you only have a few creatures in your deck and you've managed to mill them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess so. Again, I, yeah, I don't think it's very powerful or very good, but it, it's it's the kind of effect that you can only really see on mythics, I think. Also, it's yeah, a cleric that's probably, probably relevant. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, I guess she was an ally last time. Uh, cleric. I don't know. I don't know if I would have drawn her as a cleric, but I guess she doesn't really fall into any of the other. Well, yeah, party yeah. archetypes, does she? So, because allies yeah, have just I don't know. become. It's, it, it's cool now. to see Drana back. I, I'm very, very glad that they brought Drana back when they missed, you know, they missed Brimaz from Theros. So at least the, they learned that lesson there. It's good to see Drana back. I wish she still had first strike. I think if she had first strike, I'd be a lot more impressed with this card. But yeah, that's the thing. Like you just like, like you start with the Shire. Like if the Shire had Trample, I'd be a lot more interested. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think this is fine. But yeah, that's the thing with like she was an ally, so now uh, all allies basically have to fit into like 
the party mechanic now, right? Because yeah, allies yeah. have become party. So, I mean, she's not a wizard. I mean, she could be a warrior, probably. Yeah, probably. But I guess cleric, especially if she's like doing the reanimated things and she's doing some kind of sanguine magic in the arch, probably has to be a cleric, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think this is a hit because it just does big flashy things that aren't actually that good. <laughs> and that's what I like for my mythics. Yeah, I, I think I think you can, yeah, you've probably convinced me that it is that it is a, a mythic that it is 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 a hit. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's a hit. Drawn as a hit. Yeah, it's also a five and a four for flyer. So like, you know, it's actually going to brawl and it can it can attack a lot and, and trigger its ability a lot, and it makes the and creatures bigger. So, and it'll die, angel of destiny. Yeah, because I mean, like, if, if this was a rare, it would say return type creature to your hand, right? But this puts it yeah, into probably. play with a plus one plus one card on it. So yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we can, we can mention how Lurus was a rare, but that's that's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I'm trying to justify that card being a rare. No, the only nope, reason nope. the only reason it's a rare is because all the companions are rare. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's just there's no justification for any of those cards yeah. to exist at all. <laughs> yeah. so. Let's move on. Sure. Uh, next up, we got Ameria's Call. That is four white, white, white for a sorcery. Create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying. Non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn. And then on the back it is Emeria Shattered Skyclave. Again, it's a land and it's a battlefield tapped unless you pay three life and taps for white. I guess this is a myth. Yeah, I, I think it's a myth as well. Just kind um, of shit. Yep, seven mana to make two four four angels. Like they haven't even got vigilance. Like if if they were angel warrior tokens were fine and vigilance, that would be quite nice. I guess it gives your, your non-angels indestructible. But Yeah, but how much is that worth? Se- seven, yeah, seven mana to swing in with a couple of creatures. If this was an instant, I'd be very die. interested. Yeah, oh yeah. If you could use 100%. it as like a heroic intervention, that also yeah. just put two four fours into play with flying. Yeah. And then sometimes you play it as land. Like I said, like this, this is probably one that you're playing as a land most of the time, and you can mitigate the life loss, and then you just free roll the fact that at some point, paying seven mana for two four four flyers in your control deck is probably very good. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's it. I think this and and the blue one, which we'll, we'll get to a bit later, they're just they're just free cards in control decks. If, if blue white control is still going to be a thing, then you, you cut a couple of basics and you add a couple of each of the the white one and the blue one, and yeah, they're going to be lands most of the time. But at some points you're going to draw one late game, and then you're just going to make two four four angels and probably win the game or do yeah. whatever the blue one does. I mean, I think I think this this one fits better than the black one in terms of what these cards are intended for. Outside of like commander play, it's like you play these and you play them as a land nine times out of ten, and you play them as a tapped land seven times out of ten, right? Yeah. Um, because you can you can afford to do that in a, a control type deck. Like you you, know, you play the castles tapped sometimes because you don't have the requisite lands to have them enter untapped, and you're just kind of okay with that. And you, you're yeah. okay with playing temples and stuff like that. So like playing a land isn't too much of a tempo loss for you. And then when you draw this in the late game, this can just be a win condition. And, and I think that's that's kind of what these cards are intended for. And I think the white one fits in well because it's it's exactly the kind of thing some kind of blue white control deck would want to do. Whereas like the black one is very much built to I kind of want to combo out with the creatures I'm returning. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, in terms I of mythic status, I think the mythic status is just that it's a big flashy spell, I guess. Like, seven mana put two angels, it does, it makes them indestructible, and it's also a land. The land, like, yeah. if you just had the front face, it'd be a rare. And I think I think with the, the Agadim card, like, the front face would just be a rare, but the fact that it's also a land that can enter untapped on the back makes it mythic. Yeah, definitely. I, I fully agree with you there. It's, it's that. They're all big, splashy, powerful effects, and then 
the fact that he is a land on the other side is, is I think it's going to be understated, but very, very powerful. Uh, one yep. of those things that's going to be quite subtly powerful. Uh, and then it's 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 the big it's the big showcase like mechanic for the set. The oh, it's a spell on one side, it's a land on the other. So I, I understand why they're all mythics, but this one definitely definitely does not feel like a hit to me. I think this one's a, a big old myth. Yeah, I mean, it's, it falls into the category of like I don't think it is, but I understand why it is. Yeah, so. same. I understand why it, it it has to be, but I I don't think. I guess yeah, I understand why it is, but I don't think it it has to be technically. I'm not mad about it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> absolutely. Cool. Let's move on. Next up, we have Forsaken Monument. That is five mana of any color uh, for a legendary artifact. Colorless creatures you control get plus two plus two. Whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. Whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Hey, look a hit. What a, yeah, what a big hit. Uh, I think it is. I think it is. I think um, for for a start, the artwork is incredible on this. Absolutely. Incredible. Oh yeah, this is my favorite artwork from the set. Well, I mean, like, there like, isn't an alternate art. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I agree. I think even taking alternate art into account, I think this this is is fantastic. Um, if yeah, I think if this was like a playmat or a print or something, that would be lush. Really, really. This nice. would make a really nice poster. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see Ulamog. There he is. Is that meant to be him, or is that meant to be a monument to him? I. I don't know. I don't know. If it, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I guess we'll find out in, in the story eventually. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that to be a true statement now. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. Uh, yeah. I assume this is just meant to be like a monument to Ula. Yeah, yeah it could, could quite Because it's like covered be, yeah. in moss and stuff, so I assume this isn't yeah. just Ulamog's corpse. I guess it, <laughs> yeah, that's true, because it would take... Uh, I don't know, I'd say... You would assume it would take years for like moss and trees and stuff to grow, but... It, it's Zendikar, it's it's alive and it grows quickly, doesn't it? So Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it is Ula, but I assume it's just an old monument to Ula. Then again, yeah. the, the monuments to Ula were, like, humanoid, right? Not Didn't actually yeah, look like yeah. Ulamog, so... I don't know, maybe not. But, yeah, I think this card's an easy hit. It's a, a mana reflection effect for Colorless, which is yeah. something that they're pushing the boundary on. It's worth pointing out, this is objectively a commander card. <laughs> oh, 100%. And there are no yeah. real Colorless themes in I mean, this set at all. Or no. uh, any other currently standard legal set, and maybe not yeah, maybe change, but uh, this is just like a reference to Eldrazi. That's the, like, they kind of had to put yeah. at least a couple of things in that reference Eldrazi. That's it. it it's nice that they, that they put this in here. I, I do wish there were a few more references to Eldrazi, but I'm glad this is in here for that. And yeah, you're right. It's this card is is very powerful when you combine it with other powerful artifacts in in Commander and such formats and. Yeah, I think I think this this is just a hit on, on all fronts. Yeah. Even the fact that it it does three different things as well is probably a subtle nod to the Eldrazi too, because they came in three and they did three very different things. You're looking too far so. into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. You're gonna assign each one of these abilities to one of the Titans. Go. Uh, colorless creatures you control get plus two plus two is going to be Ulamog. Okay. Whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. It is Kozlek because. He was, he was the processor, he did stuff with, uh -huh. with mana and turn it into waste. And whenever you cast a colourless spell, you gain two life, is is Emrakul. How? Because um, uh, Emrakul was an angel, and angels are usually life-linking and care about life things. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I think it, it counts as the whenever it, it, it counts as that one because it's the only one left. It's it's a reach, but yeah, <laughs> it's a hell of a reach. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this card's cool. It's gonna go in every colorless CDH deck from here until the end of time. This plus basalt monolith. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, they've printed three cards in the last year that go <laughs> infinite with <laughs> with, uh, yeah. <laughs> with basalt monolith or grim monolith. That's completely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. This is this is uh, put it in your artifact and Eldrazi decks. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, next up, we have Jace Mirror Mage, legendary planeswalker. Jace has Kicker too. When Jace Mirror Mage enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary. And starting loyalty is one, plus one. Scry two or zero. Draw a card and reveal it. Remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card to convert a mana cost from Jace Mirror Mage. All right, go on. Tell me, you think this is a myth? Oh, I, I, so I think it's a hit. You've shocked me. Yeah, uh, it's kicker on a planeswalker. That's fantastic. That's exciting. Uh, I kind of think that by default, planeswalkers probably have to be hits. I don't know if they all have been, but I think they, they probably should be. For fuck's sake! Last time we did this with a courier, <laughs> I said that about I, Vivian, and you told me to shove it. Because <laughs> I don't think Vivian was. I think I think oh. they have to be, but I don't think they all necessarily have been. Uh, I, I think Jace is though definitely, uh, and. I hope I hope we get to find out why Jace looks a bit evil in his alternate art and why he sort of has that 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 dark confident zero ability. Oh, uh, the way you play this game upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is a hit. It does cool things. Yeah. It does innovative things with a planeswalker. It's a planeswalker from a set that only has mythic planeswalkers, so it's a mythic. It, it does it's Jace also Jace. It's, it's Jace. Yeah. Jace can't be a rare unless he's in War of the Spot. Because everyone's yeah. a rare in War of the Spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's easy. easy. Yeah, like you said, I'm very interested to see why he looks so evil. Yeah, definitely. He definitely looks like a bit of a bit of a wrong end. Maybe, um, maybe they're finally embracing the fact that Jace is just a douchebag. Yeah, maybe. We can Who only knows. hope. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Cool. Nice and easy. Next up, we've got Leyland Tyrant. It's two red red for a creature. It's a dragon. It's flying. It's a 4-4. And you don't lose unspent red mana as end, as steps and phases end. And when Leyland Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Uh-huh. This is a hit. I think I agree as well. Yay! Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy. It's, it's just a silly thing. And it's a commander cut. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. That's what it's we're doing. A, yeah, it's it's hmm, it's interesting. It's an interesting effect to have this this on a, on a dragon. Like again, it would be cool if we had like all or more of the story at this point, so we would kind of know what the relevance is for these leyline dragons. I guess what they're doing is is they're tapping into the ley lines of the plane, and that's how they're able to to store the mana like that. But that's just an assumption. But it seems like they're storing it like in their body, right? Yeah. They're storing the mana and then when the, the, the dragon dies it releases that mana and back into the world. Beats the yeah. crap out of something with its breath, I guess, and it dies. Yeah. Because you can see in the art it's like got like glowing bits on its neck, so I assume that's where it's storing some mana. Uh, yeah, this card's really cool and I'm going to need a full art foil. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, I like it. I think it's good. I think, again, it, it's, it, it does that thing that, that sort of sparks 
I don't know. I don't know what that mythic quality is for me. I don't really know how to define it, but it definitely sparks it, whatever it is. And yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. What I really, really want to see is some sort of shenanigans where this is being played in combination with Iron Crag feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, I guess it's a shame it rotates, but Neheb off of War of the Spark. But gen- yeah, gen- Neheb off of War of the Spark is probably something that can be done in Historic, maybe. Generates a crap load of mana. Yeah. It's probably a little bit too expensive for actual constructed formats and like a bit too much fiddling around. And again, it's not Spencer Twin. <laughs> it's a two-car copy that does something else. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... I mean, it's not really an interesting design. It's just it's a cool flavour thing. Like, you know, it's, it's Dragon that stores mana and then when it dies it releases that mana as damage. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a cool card, and it, yeah, it definitely feels mythic. It's a big red flyy yeah. thing, and it's another commander card like in this it. goddamn set. Like it a lot. Cool. So next up, we have Lithoform Engine. This is four mana for a legendary artifact. You can pay two and tap it. Copy target activated or triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. You can pay three. Copy target instant sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Or you can pay four, copy target permanence value control. The copy becomes a token. Speaking of stupid, dumb commander cards... Yeah, I think this is a hit. 100% yeah, a yeah, hit. I think easily. this card's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it does uh, do stupid things. And it... D- d- why does it do all the things it does? Why is it uh, a uh, strionic resonator with two other lines of text? <laughs> that are very good. <laughs> It's, yeah, because it's it's yeah. I think this is this is one hundred percent a hit. This is this is the magical MacGuffin that Nahiri's been after in the story. That's the Lithoform engine that will return Zendikar to its former glory and and, and all that. And yep. Yeah, I think this this card is ridiculously good. Um, I, I don't know. Does does this have a have eternal format playability? Probably not. I don't know. Someone will do something stupid with it in Legacy. There's always like. Uh, yeah, so like, like vintage, like definitely. Yeah, like retrofit a foundry. Yeah, there's, there's probably something in, in like it shops, right? <laughs> Cast is on, yeah. on turn one, do something else. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's it's interesting. This this card didn't make it into Ikoria, where you had Kalamax who did this kind of thing, or this wasn't just in a commander deck because stop putting these cards into stupid standard sets. Uh, yeah, it does a lot of things. Uh, I think it's maybe one of those cards that is intended for commander. And is obviously, like you said, the MacGuffin of the set. Um, yeah. And will just do something stupid and standard at some point when it wasn't intended yeah, to do definitely. that at all. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there. I think that's it. I think this, like, out of everything, this feels like the card that might be the easiest to break, or might be the the one that's most likely to accidentally break. Yeah, given enough of the correct moving pieces. Yeah. I think this this has potential to do something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely be keeping my eyes on it, but yeah, hundred percent think this this is a hit. This is a good one. Sweet, cool. So next up we have Morog, Morag, Morag, Scottish. Morag. <laughs> oh yes, there we go. We have Morag, Fury of a Comb. Uh, it's a legendary creature, Minotaur warrior. Each creature you control gets plus one plus zero for each time it has attacked this turn. It's a six-six, and as landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. If it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. It's a big hit. Yeah. And speaking of cards I need to own in all art foil, 
Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it yeah, does, the art is very nice. For it's this. really nice. Uh, it does. Uh, it does repeatable combat steps, yep. and also gives a buff to those creatures for some reason. Yeah, it's a commander card. Good job. <laughs> this is what this uh, set is. I mean, it's pretty. Like, I, like you said, we were talking it, last week yeah, about it's, how it's, def- it's definitely. A, it, yeah, there's some stuff it can do in in historic and and what have you and uh, you know it, it, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if this sort into some kind of big red deck in, in, in any format really but that yeah that's definitely historic and I think even standard as well um, I think like uh, so you have like Lotus Cobra uh, Rada Rada is a, a card definitely Dried of the Elysian Grove Azusa Fable Passage yeah there are def- <laughs> yeah mm, there's definitely definitely things there's some interesting things this, this, this can card do. can do like it's a very pushed landfall ability, yeah. which I think is why it costs six mana. But it also makes your uh, creatures more of a threat when they when they have their subsequent combat phases. So, but yeah, it's it's an easy mythic. Which I mean, so far we've we've got hit on basically everything, right? Apart from ma- yeah, maybe the much. maybe the flitlands because they're a bit contentious, but we can't even understand why they are mythic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm into it. But yeah, this this card's really good, and the alt art's also really good. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Big fan of this this card. Mm-hmm. Let's see a good amount of play. Speaking of cards that I think are probably going to end up seeing a good amount of play, uh-huh. we have Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. Two red-white for legendary planeswalker Nahiri. Plus one, create a 1-1 white core warrior creature token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from them and put it in your hand, put the rest of them in the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus three, Nahiri of the Ancients deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control. It's a hit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a hit. It's it's Nahiri doing Nahiri things. It makes core, it cares about equipment. Uh, yeah, it lets you, lets you equip stuff for free as well with the plus one ability. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's doing a weird Stoneford Mystic Impression. It's doing things very similarly to what the original Nahiri from Commander 14 did, which is nice yeah. because the uh, Innistrad Nahiri didn't really do anything that made sense for Nahiri's character, <laughs> I guess. It made sense for the story, but it didn't really make sense for what she she generally should do uh, as a planeswalker. But yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, and I think it'll probably see some play. Um, I also like that it doesn't have an ultimate. I like that it's just this this third ability that you can just use occasionally that isn't actually that powerful, but yeah. will be useful at some points. Um, and we, we, I mean, we discussed last week how there isn't actually that much equipment in the set that's probably worth playing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a cool design for the card, and it's easily a mythic. Yeah, and fully, fully agree. Um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to see some play. Like as long as as long as Embercleave is still in the format yep. somewhere somehow, this card is going to be able to find an Emma Cleave and attach it to something or yeah I, I think it's it's just it's gonna see play it's good I think it's a good card yeah definitely I agree cool next up we have our third and final planeswalker of the set that is Nissa of Shadowed Bows uh, it's two black green for legendary planeswalker Nissa whenever a land enters a battlefield and you control put a loyalty counter on her and plus one untap target land you control you may have it become a 3-3 elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn. It's still a land. And minus 5, you may put a creature card with a convert and a cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Is the thing that makes this Nissa black the fact that the elemental has menace? Elemental has menace and it's putting a creature from your graveyard onto the battlefield? Sure. 
so it has a reanimator effect as well. I think that's that's mainly what makes it black. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I think this is a hit. I think yeah. putting landfall on a plane's orc is something that should have happened a long time ago. I think it's a really cool design. Yeah, um, yeah uh, this is uh, it does does cool things and it's probably quite good in your mid range piles. Yeah, definitely. We've even got we've got a bunch of things in in standard to get extra lands into play. Uh, we've got dried with the lizard groves. We've got Azusa. I think I think this Nissa is 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 very very good. Um, yeah, I can I can see Nissa's being minus five to put Elder Gargodons into play fairly often. I think that's going to be a thing. I kind of want to play this in Maverick. It's yeah. I think it, I think it might it might have some application there. It's kind of cute with Night the Red Aquarium. Yeah, and obviously just fetch lands in general. I I think there's some discovery. You know, you always got like a slot for like some kind of weird planeswalker that does some value. Yeah. If it made a token, it'd be a lot more exciting. But it only untaps the land. But if you're untapping like a guy's cradle, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's an easy hit, and I like this. Card. Yeah, I, like I don't even think the, I don't even think the like the plus one ability is that is that interesting or or even that powerful. But I think the the landfall is what's going to really push this this over the edge. I think. Well, yeah, because you just so so many ways to to yeah to trick a landfall. Yeah. It's going to get so many loyalty counters on it very quickly. Yeah, and every standard deck is playing five copies of, four copies of Fable Passage, so yeah. it's uh, easy to get a lot of counters on this and then keep doing that ultimate over and over again. And then, yeah, it's yep. just fine to, to make a 3-3 three, three every turn. Look forward to another year of, of, of Nyssa in standard. You like awesome problems. Do you, do you like do you like Lotus Cobra and, and Uro and, and this? It's a good... Oh, it's yeah, a, Uro. It's a nice, oh. nice combination, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then this could I guess reanimate Euro and it would die. Oh this could this could reanimate Euro straight away and it dies and then you put another land into play and put a counter on it. Yep. Yeah. The value train is going. Oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is gonna be good. This is gonna be everywhere. Yep. This is one hundred percent a hit. And the uh, the alternative art is amazing. It's yeah, all one the old art awesome the set. All the planeswalkers are so nice. It's it's really, yeah. really nice. Sweet. Yeah, I think this Nissa one's my favourite one though. Yeah, probably. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Big fan. Cool. So next up we have Omnath, Locus of Creation. Red, green, white, blue for a legendary creature, elemental. When Omnath, Locus of Creation enters the battlefield, draw a card. And it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. If this is the first time this ability has resolved this turn. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. Yep, it's a hit. It's a hit. It, it's Omnath doing Omnath things and you, you talked about it before being probably the the worst Omnath that we've had so far, and yeah, it probably is. But it it, it allows you an extra color in Commander, and yeah, it just it, it does it does things that are, are very on flavor. And I don't think it's it's particularly exciting or particularly interesting, but it it it's definitely a hit. I think. Yeah, it it does too many things <laughs> to not be. Yeah. I think it's 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 the thing. I think that applies to a couple of these cards. Just it does. It, they've just crammed an extra sort of ability or line of text on there that makes it mythic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think there's there's scope for this to be playable uh, in standard uh, if the yeah. if the mana plays ball, I guess. But we've got we've got enough yeah. ones that's probably fine. So. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's it probably will be playable. Whether it will be good or not, I'm not sure. I really don't know yet. But it's it's certainly it's it's certainly interesting there in standard definitely yeah but yeah i think now like talked about uro and nissa i think that's probably all all i'm gonna see for the next 
next couple of months until they ban Uro. Yep. I'm excited for Uro to get banned. Who'd have thought the landfall set would be the reason? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. So next up we have Scourge of the Skyclaves. This is one in a black for a demon. That's kicker, four in a black. When you cast a spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Scourge of the Skyclaves' power and toughness are each equal to 20, minus the highest life total among players. Yeah, I guess it's a hit. It's kind of, yeah, kind of I, boring. I, I think... I think I agree with you. It's, it's, it is. It, it's boring. I think as a as a creature, and I guess it's never really, it's never really going to be that big. It's a six mana ten ten a lot. I guess that doesn't have yeah. flying. Seven mana ten ten. Doesn't have flying. I can't do maths. It, do it doesn't yeah. have flying. It doesn't have flying. It's a scourge of the sky clay. Scourge of the sky clay. How can it, it be the it, scourge? It has of, wings in the image. And it's a demon. How can it be the scourge of the sky claves if it can't fly to the sky claves? Was this just way yeah, too maybe, good in playtesting with flying? Maybe. Well, yeah, probably. But maybe I just have to give it a myth for that reason. Why does it not have flying? I only just noticed it doesn't have flying. It's a demon, yeah. and it has literal wings. And it's demon the, and the wings sky claves. It looks like it, like a giant, strange bat. But yeah. How the fuck you get into the sky claves without wings? <laughs> what? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's probably kind of good as well. Like as a card, like, like you know, you like Death Shadow. I mean, it's probably unplayable, Commander, right? Someone will play it against me. Nah, because it says like it's 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 seven. God, that <laughs> that kicker plus mana cost is so hard for me to pass. <laughs> seven. <laughs> seven seven mana. And it, it, its power and toughness are 20, minus the highest life total among players. Yeah, but people won't have thought about that, and they'll just do it because it halves people's life total. And people love doing yeah, that kind I of guess thing so. commander. I guess so. And it does everything equally as well, so I guess that's interesting. But yeah, yeah uh, it's, oh God, that's really thrown me through a loop. Why does this not have flying? So many people <laughs> are going to attack with this and they have flying and then realise. Or not attack into it because they think it has flying and then realise. Yeah. Why does it not have flying? It says sky in the name. <laughs> and it's a demon with wings. Yeah, it's oh god, I'm so excited to post it's, this. It's a very, on it's a very, very strange card. It feels like, it feels like it, like if you take the image and the name away, it looks like a pretty, pretty interesting, potentially really powerful card. But yeah, when you, you stick that art in there and stick that name there, it's like this is just weird. This is very weird. I guess. I'm gonna, I guess. I'm tweeting okay, about it. So I, I guess it, I guess it has to be a hit because yeah, it is gonna be. I don't know, I was going to say it was going to be a 2 mana 10 10, but it's not. It's going to be a 7 mana 10 10. And is that a hit? Eh? Probably. probably. Yeah, probably. If I'm flying, yeah. <laughs> I'm just tweeting about it. I need to get my outrage out. You can carry on while I'm tweeting, don't worry about it. Cool. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a hit, but I don't know if I agree with myself. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I. I'm kind of I'm middling on this one. I, got, I don't really think I can rate it properly. Sure, that's fair. Cool. Next up, we come to Seagate Restoration. That is four blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. And then on the back, it is Seagate Reborn. Which again enters battlefield tapped unless you pay three life, and then it taps for blue. Uh, it, yeah, I think this is probably a hit. Right. You're going to disagree, uh, but yeah. I think for the same reasons yeah. the other ones are, I think this is. It's, I, I agree with you on that. For the same reason the other ones are, are, are mythic, 
then yeah it's a mythic but I, I don't think I don't think it's a hit just because it's a it's a mythic like seven mana like when you're getting that late in the game like you're not gonna have you're not gonna have seven cards in hand so you're not gonna be drawing eight cards you know if no maximum hand size for the rest of the game yeah sure we, we have other effects that do that currently I just I don't think it's that interesting or exciting. I think for for seven mana, I would have preferred some sort of like dig through time style effect to, like I don't know, draw two cards. And yeah. Have no maximum hand size. I think it's good. I think it's it's very playable. Um, very much for the same reason the white one was. Like, you stick four of these in a, in a control deck, and ninety percent of the time they're going to just be entering the battlefield tapped on turn one. But you draw one late game and it, it's going to refuel your hand far better than a basic land ever would. So I, I definitely do think they're good, I think they're going to see a lot of play, but I, I'm just not that impressed or excited. This doesn't really spark that, that mythic feeling for me at all. How many times do you think people are going to cast this as a 7 mana draw one? Oh, yeah, that's going to happen quite a lot, yeah. I, I know I'll probably do it myself. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit with you, but it's like that it's a, a big blue mythic that has the potential to draw a shitload of cards, so... Yeah, I think that kind of and the whole it's a land on the other side thing. I think yeah, that makes it sort of that makes it work. Yeah, I very very much understand the the reasonings and you know, it, it's like all of these they they are the the big showcase flashy mechanic for the set, but it just it just doesn't feel mythic to me at all. No, no, it's a shame for like this big sort of the, the flashy new mechanic where you're you know doing weird things with double face cards isn't doesn't feel as, as as mythic as it should but yeah it is what it is yeah yeah for sure yeah cool next up we've got seagate stormcaller that's one and a blue for a human wizard it's a two one that's kicker four and a blue when seagate stormcaller enters the battlefield copy the next instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost two or less you cast this turn when you cast it if seagate stormcaller was kicked copy that spell twice instead you may choose new targets for the copies so glad this doesn't have flash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this would be this like so, I think this is a hit already. But oh, yeah. this would be like a like a mega hit if this had flash. This would be ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, this is this is an easy hit. It does some fun things. I think I mean, is there potential for this to be playable in Legacy? I I don't know about Legacy, but um, modern modern is it Storm definitely. Oh sure, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is just Monomorphos five through eight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I, I think this cards this cards great. Uh, it's, yeah. just, it's a sweet design as well, and you're going to kick it sometimes, and it's going to feel really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you, I think if if you can play it in any sort of deck that can play rituals, then yeah, you're going to just going to kick it for free at some point, and it's going to be, I can be absolutely fantastic. I, I think this is great. I think like a lot of people are calling this, I guess, or making comparisons to to Snapcaster Mage, and while I don't think it's necessarily as as powerful. As Snapcaster Mage in in you know in in most decks, I do think it is is a very good card, and I think this is going to see a lot of play it, in multiple formats. It sits somewhere between Snapcaster Mage and Dual Caster Mage. Yeah, and I think it definitely. it leans slightly. It leans obviously more towards Dual Caster Mage, but no. it's yeah. it's one and a blue for a two one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the comparisons to Snapcaster obviously going to be there, and you know it two two or less in in the formats that this is perhaps potential to be powerful in. That's the mana cost you're going for anyway. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a sweet design for a card, uh, and it's probably going to see quite a bit of play, I would imagine. But yeah, I'm really glad this doesn't have flash. Jesus Christ. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. 
Oof, although even then, like, you go Lotus, Seagate, Stormcaller, Ancestral Recall. Uh-huh. Seems good. Sure. Seems good. Stop. <laughs> You're one of 17 people that plays that format, Joe. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something there. But yeah, I think this card is great. Easy, easy hit. And sure. Yeah, yeah. If it had Flash, it would be a mega hit. Yeah. Cool. So next up, we have Shatter Skull Smashing. The old, uh, the old Nigel Thornbury voice. Oh, I that. knew it. I knew you were going to do that joke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll pretend it didn't Maybe happen. We'll edit that out <laughs> Well, please do. <laughs> That is X Red Red for a sorcery. Shatter Skull Smashing deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, Shatter Skull Smashing deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. I heard you back, it is I heard you do a smirk as you said smashing. <laughs> yep, it was audible. It's an audible <laughs> smirk. On the back it is Shatter Skull the Hammer Pass, so again the end of the tapped unless you pay three life. And it tops for one red mana. Yeah. I yeah again I I don't think this is a hit for me at all I think this is a very good card though uh, and I think I think this one's quite interesting so I think for this one you should definitely be treating it as as if the land is the front of the card it's like more often in like your, your mono red decks and standard you're gonna be playing the front side of this card the front face of this card and then you know later on in the game you're gonna you're gonna top deck one and then okay cool I'm going to cast this now with all of my mana kill whatever creatures you have and then swing in Volleyfall yeah it's just it's kind of weird when a fireball is mythic yeah definitely I mean this is better than uh, I mean I wish it was a fireball it doesn't even hit your opponent yeah you know what I mean yeah this is better than uh, what's the one from original Zendikar with the multi kicker Comet Storm it's better than Comet Storm (laughs) yeah but Better than Comet Storm. There I'll we take go. What, it. A, what a high benchmark. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, again, like it's it's a it's an interesting it's it's a useful card some of the time, but also has land on the back, so therefore it's mythic. Yeah. Like, yeah, fine. I, I'm willing to consider yeah. these ones. This this is this is going to be four of these in every mono red deck, and that's that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, like I I understand fully why it's a mythic, but it's it's not a hit for me because it just it just doesn't have that special mythic quality. Sure. Yeah, I, I I can I can agree with that, I think. Cool. We've got another favourite returning character now. We have Tazri, Beacon of Unity. It's a legendary creature, human warrior, and this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. And it has the, the hybrid, or I guess the two brid. Two blue, two black, two green, two red. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard, and or ally cards from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. There are no allies. Tazri is a force. There are no allies in this set, right? There are no allies in this set. Cool. No, this is that's strictly for commander purposes, I think. Yeah. You, you know, you really want that ally commander deck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe this is the commander you really wanted for the. I don't think the ally deck really had a good. Well, I suppose it had the original Tazri. Uh, yeah, yeah. This does some things, I guess. I, uh, I guess it's a hit, and sometimes it's going to be like a two mana four six. I guess if you're really, really playing into the party theme, right? Yeah, I, I guess that's it. I think, I think for me, it it is a hit, but only, only just. But it is. It's because of that that theme that each creature in your in your party reduces the the, the cost on Tazri. So. Sometimes Tazri Tazri is only going to cost one mana, and that's great. Uh, and then, yeah, you can also use Tazri to 
to gather your party and gather your allies. So I think it's a, it's a very flavorful card, a very flavorful ability, and again, it's a character that people like making a return. And yeah, I I, I think it's a hit, but only only just only just yeah yeah I think so. I bet yeah, it's it's another just obvious commander plant. That's, that's yeah. fine. I mean, it's going to be the head of a commander deck that focuses on party. And yeah. people are going to realize that's bad. <laughs> Good to, it's good to see she's gotten a bit stronger than since last time as well. She's a four six this time when previously General Tazri was a, a three four. Well, she doesn't do a food train uh, combo. She's much weaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <Right>? Sure. <laughs> That's how it works. Fair enough. Yeah. Sure. Sweet. Cool. We move on to our final one. Uh, this is Turn Timber Symbiosis. That is four green, green, green for a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If that card has converted mana cost, three or less, and it is a battlefield with three additional plus one plus one counters on it, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then on the back, it is Turn Timber, Serpentine Wood. Uh, again, it's a land that comes into play tapped, unless you pay three life. Tops for a green. Uh, yeah, I guess. This is a really big collector company. Yeah, it's a huge collector company that can only get... A single large company. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think this this card this card is this card is as good as the as the manner in the format and the creatures in the format. Um, yeah. I think if you are, I don't know, if you can find a way to to get to seven green mana fast, and you can you can play things like. Like your Ulamogs and your Amrakuls and stuff, then, then maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, again, I, I feel like this is this is a card that, if it had one less line of text, this could easily be a rare. Yeah, I think if it didn't have the convertible cost three or less, the additional the counters. Yeah, yeah, the additional counters. Then yeah, yeah, I mean, this certainly isn't uh, Aetherworks Marvel. Oh, it definitely is not Aetherworks Marvel. Thankfully. Yeah, I don't really like this card a lot. Again, it's just that it does a thing, a big flashy thing, and it has an additional line of text that maybe might be relevant at some point. And then it also was a land, so I get, I get the mythic status. Yeah, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not enamored with it. Yeah, pretty like bad green like mythic, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I feel exactly the same as well. It's, it's, yeah, I understand why it's a mythic, same as the rest. But it just, it doesn't spark that mythic, mythic feeling within me. Just, I can, I'm sure. Compare this to finale of devastation. Oh yeah, finale devastation is way better yeah. than this. By the way, yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, like Coco, Coco is better than this most of the time as well. Like yep. that was a rare. Mm-hmm. I think, like again, like if this had been, if this had been an instant, then we're talking a different talk then for sure. Uh, but at the same time, if it didn't have that convert money across three or less clause, then this this could easily be a rare. Yeah, maybe it's a top end in a in a uh, green ramp deck. Yeah. I think if it's a permanent, I'd be a lot more interested. If you could put in some kind of stupid permanent, not just a creature. Yeah, quite possibly. No, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fine. I really wimped out on this. <laughs> so this is the end. It's this. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is. This is the last one. The big, the big exciting finale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a finale. That's it's, the point. It's exactly that. Uh, you're right. If this was a finale, I think this would be a hit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a miss. Yeah, but I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's necessarily bad though. I think time will tell in the format. 
it's good to know that as far as standards concerned yeah I mean it's 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 good to know that pretty much everything in this set is a hit apart from the flip cards and we're also willing to concede that those are mythics because they're flip cards yeah definitely definitely I think we we do we have, have a lot of hits a lot of things that that feel mythic and I'm not sure I'm not sure whether it's because a lot of the set feels like it's like it's turned down compared to what we things things we've seen recently or if it's because the things that were definite hits in other sets have been so ridiculously busted. Yeah, yeah. That the things that I felt far less busted in the other sets have just felt like they've been a bit of a miss. But yeah, I, I think overall, I think we, we from what we've seen from, from the set, it, it looks like it looks like it's going to be good for standard. I think it's it's not particularly. Or to me, it doesn't feel particularly exciting. But a healthy format isn't necessarily always an exciting one, and I, I think this card being being this I guess this set being tuned down a bit and and not having you know these completely unmissable broken cards like previous sets have had, I think that that's good. That's good for the health of standard, and and I think it's kind of make or break time for standard. Like once rotation happens, if if standard isn't fun, I think you've had so many people that have just gone off standard in the past six months. That if if this next iteration of it isn't good, then I can't imagine those people are going to come back. No, I'm just really excited to find out what the Oko Oro of this set is. It's probably Nissa. Yeah. you can yeah. you can minus her and put an Uro into play. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I guess Ikoria didn't really have it either, and M21 didn't really have that. Mm. We've seen like a, a slight Ikoria had it. Ikoria had a whole host of them. That uh, had a, you, a Rado. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's no sort of big baddie here and I guess I mean we're not we're not that did stuff as well we're not always quite good oh uh, yeah I'm just an idiot it's fine let's move on no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out one of the cards in the set is completely busted and it'll be $50 soon yeah yeah I I mean at this point this point my money's on Nissa but yeah I agree, we'll see. I, agree. I think, I think we'll that's see. my call as well cool, cool. awesome so that was Hit or miss once again. I think we're just going to do these for every set because it's it's fun. It's fun. I think we always say, oh, we're going to try to pin down some sort of definition for what we we think myth is beforehand, but then then never do. And I kind of like that. I think it's it's quite a fun quite a fun game to play. I mean, my uh, favorite thing about these episodes is we don't really have to prepare beforehand. <laughs> we just have to open up a spoiler of the cards and then start talking for an hour. Yeah, for sure. It's it's. I like it. It's fun, and I hope you had fun listening to it. Uh, let us know your opinions if you want to get in touch with us on social media tell us how you feel about the mythics in the set are they hits are they myths are we are we just wrong am i just wrong i'm probably just wrong come tell me i'm wrong you can get us on social media on twitter we are at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you've really enjoyed anything you've heard in the show and want to give back in a monetary value you can hit us up on patreon we are patreon.com slash devastation where tiers start as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode but as we say every week now, your money is, is, is far, far better put to use elsewhere. Go buy some, some food or you know, stick some, some money on your grounds meter. It's it's getting to that time of year, isn't it? Oh yeah, do that. Look after your family and your friends and people that you can want to look after, please. What a sorry state of affairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find a podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, if you wanted to go to one of those places and leave us a review or a rating or a comment, we really appreciate it because it helps us get the podcast out to more people. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm Peach Garden Oaf. That's 
0ffnf, Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon, find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Uh, I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. Uh, this week, uh, I guess by the time this goes out, it'll be been undone, but I'll be taking part in the Zendikar Ryzen Early Access Streamer event, where I get a fully stocked account, thanks to Wizards of the Coast, hashtag sponsored and all that. Uh, and I get the... <laughs> play the set a day before everybody else and yeah I'm looking forward to it it's going to be fun it's definitely going to be fun I'll be streaming that there I'll also be streaming on Friday night 7.30pm BST I'll be streaming some uh, historic and some some Tinkerer's Cube as well I think I'm going to be doing that sweet and yeah it's going to be fun come check me out you can find me on Twitter at snail69 nice it's just a lot of complaining you can look at that tweet I talked about tweeting yeah, about Scourge of the Sky Claims. Engage with that, that Scourge of the Sky Claims tweet and demand why it doesn't have fun. Yeah, right? I just, just come and observe how I have literally zero chill in, in terms of literally <laughs> any topic in the entire world. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Arrow to the Station. <laughs> <laughs>